Gospel according to John, the third chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, We speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the chosen one. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the chosen one be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that God gave the chosen one, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the chosen one into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, He seemed like a coward. By day, he was a respected leader, and yet he snuck out at night for a secret meetup, hoping he wouldn't get caught, captivated by this new person, but he couldn't go see him in an open and honest way. Is it okay to sneak out at night to be with the one you love? Nicodemus was not romantically in love with Jesus, but he was drawn to him in a deep and abiding agape love. Now, you might remember that there's three different words for love in the Greek Bible. Agape is the self-giving love of God. It can be called unconditional love. We experience it in community and in open, honest, close relationships. And this is different from eros, the erotic love of romance, and philos, which is like philosophy, a love of learning. So Nicodemus was experiencing this deep, abiding, agape love. And that's what we hear in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, and it literally says in the Greek, for God so agaped the cosmos. God agaped the cosmos, that God gave the chosen one, so that everyone who believes in Jesus may not perish but have eternal life. 
And I love that idea of God agapeing the cosmos. And I love that the word agape becomes a verb, an action word also, not just a noun, but something you do. You can agape the heck out of somebody. And that's what God did with the cosmos. And the reason why God loved us is so that everyone who believes in Jesus may not perish, but have eternal life. So what is eternal life? Is it a place? How do you get there? Does it start after we die? Well, eternal life in the Gospel of John does not mean going to a place high above after we die. Eternal life is simply knowing God, abiding with Jesus, right now, today, and every day. The fancy term for this is realized eschatology because the eschaton is the last day, the final moment. And so when Jesus brings that final moment to us today in God's agape love, it's realized eschatology. And this eternal life is not quite heaven on earth because we know that this world is still broken with suffering, but eternal life is life with Jesus starting now an unfolding reality, not yet complete. And yes, you can say eternal life is relationship with Jesus, but it's not a relationship that depends on us, on our whims and our moods. Eternal life is life starting with Jesus right now, given to us as a free gift. Eternal life is God's agape love for all in Jesus Christ. And the tricky part in the Gospel of John is how Jesus talks about the world. To us, the world should mean everyone and everything, right? Just all-inclusive. But in the Gospel of John, the world is not the same as all of creation. The world is the broken, fallen part of creation. So in the Gospel of John, all of creation includes everything, the whole universe, every place, every time. But the world is this broken part that Jesus needs to save. So when in John 1 it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, then it goes on to say, The Word was in the world, and the world was made known through the Word, yet the the world knew him not. And so this world is the broken part that turns away from Jesus and away from God's love and is not abiding with Jesus. The world did not know Christ, and this was a problem and reflects the brokenness of the world. Now, there are times when we don't know Christ also, and there's also times when we have Jesus so neatly figured out that he's not really Jesus anymore, right? It's just God in our back pocket, all folded up nice and neatly. And there are times when the world rebels against God's goodness, when the world doesn't know Jesus. But think of it the other way on the flip side. Who does Jesus not know? Is there any part of creation that Jesus doesn't know? Is there any person that Jesus doesn't see? We might turn away or push God away or not see Jesus or abide with Jesus, but Jesus is always here throughout all of creation, ever present for all of us. Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, knows all of creation and everyone and everything in the world. And this is why John 3, verse 17, clarifies John 3, verse 16. John 3, 16 says, God agape the cosmos 
and gave us Jesus so that we'd have eternal life. And then the next verse clarifies that. Indeed, God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So God isn't setting us up for failure. It's not like there's a pop quiz and God's like, okay, do you have eternal life or not? What's your score? Oh, sorry, you flunked. You're not going to get it. It's that Jesus got an A++ for us on this pop quiz from God and scored beautifully for all of us. God is saving a broken world so that we have eternal life starting now. And we see this with how Jesus treats Nicodemus. Jesus does not rebuke or condemn Nicodemus. He certainly could have done that. Come back when you're ready to see me during the daytime. Why are you sneaking out at night? I don't have time for this. I should be sleeping. Jesus could have said that. He could have said, why are you such a coward? Come back later. But he doesn't. Jesus meets Nicodemus at night, knowing that he's sneaking out and cowardly, but accepting him and loving him. And then Jesus works with him and listens to him and kind of debates with him and challenges him to grow. And Nicodemus does grow. He later speaks up to defend Jesus in the light of day in front of the other religious authorities. So go to Jesus this Lent. Sneak out at night if you have to. And also notice Jesus right by your side in broad daylight. Let God agape the heck out of you and our world so that we can agape love each other and care for God's creation. Amen.